Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Wednesday, September the 23rd, 2020. And they wonder why things are developing to what they are today. No, you don't get justice in court. A black man can't get justice in court. A black man can't get justice in the court system of America. And I'm telling you, the only way you get justice is in the street. The only way you get justice is in the sidewalk. The only way you get justice is when you make justice for yourself. You never will get justice in the white man's court. No, not me. I never want him to take me to court. I saw what he did with my brothers. I see what he has done with them right here in New York City. So make sure you obey the law. Make sure you never commit a crime. Make sure you never deviate from the law. But any time one of them puts his hands on you, take him off the planet. Take him off the planet. Criminal homicide encompasses the taking of a life by another. While there are six possible homicide charges under Kentucky law, these charges are not applicable to the facts before us because our investigation showed and the grand jury agreed that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in the return of deadly fire after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. Let me state that again. According to Kentucky law, the use of force by Mattingly and Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Miss Brianna Taylor's death. When we look about what's happening in Louisville right now and what is very likely to happen across the country, it's very important that we understand something that comes from this indictment. We just saw a wall, a wall in an apartment received more justice than a dead black woman. And I think that as chilling as that sounds for us to process, when you think about what that means in the context of our history as black people in America, it only adds salt to the wound in terms of how insulting and outrageous the ultimate result of this indictment was. From the very beginning, I talked about the lack of transparency in this case. I talked about the fact that there was a lot of blame to be to, to go around. Daniel Cameron has shouldered the brunt of it, but let's be clear, the blood of Breonna Taylor is on the mayor's hands. It is also on the hands of Thomas Wine, who attempted again, and I wanna to continue to make this point and drive it home, who attempted to give a plea deal to Breonna Taylor's ex-boyfriend by indicating her as culpable with respect to his drug-related activities. Charles. And so it's not just about Daniel Cameron. This is a much bigger conversation. There are a couple of things that struck me about the press conference and the attorney general. Definitely the, the point that Laura made and that you're making about their charges with respect to bullets that didn't shoot any person, that went into a wall, that went into empty space. But there are no charges with respect to the, the many bullets that we know, at, at least six, that went into uh, Breonna Taylor's body and that ultimately resulted in her death. And then the, the conversation about the witnesses, that New York Times reporter said that you know, investigators, reporters all over this country have combed that apartment complex. They've talked to as many as 12 witnesses and only one person heard the police announce themselves. And somehow on the basis of that one witness versus the 12 that heard nothing, there was a determination that the police did announce themselves. I think people are going to have a really difficult time uh, believing that and, and, you, and being able to accept that as a justification for the police entering uh, the apartment. And then the other thing, even though the attorney general got 
that emotional at times. And, you know, he was kind of preaching to people about stay focused on the facts, understand what the role of an uh, attorney general is and, you know, police investigators and grand juries are. I don't think people are going to be... Uh, it's not going to be lost on people that this is an attorney general that appeared at the Republican National Convention and spoke on behalf of Donald Trump. And knowing that his office was investigating a case of this magnitude that would take on the, the kind of, you know, grand magnitude that it does in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement, to have him associated with that convention and, and Donald Trump's message about mobs and law and order and riots and all the pejorative terms that he's uh, attached to people who are peacefully protest. I, I just think it, it, it left something to be desired and probably undermined his credibility to a certain extent. To me, I don't understand, Brianna, why this attorney general, who had such a big case ahead of him, knowing that he was going to have to announce whatever charges, whatever came out of this case, why he would choose to go speak at the Republican convention. Remember, this was the same convention with the St. Louis couple who pulled guns on protesters in St. Louis. Why would he would go in such a politically charged event at such a politically and racially charged time and do that? So his credibility is at stake right now with announcing these charges. So again, work out the evidence. I think everyone should listen to the evidence. We should be prudent about it. There should be no violence. People should protest if they want. That is their prerogative. But I want you to think as, an Amer as a person Someone knocks on your door in the middle of the night looking for something that is not there and for, I would imagine, a person, evidence that is not there and all of a sudden your loved one, your loved one ends up dying from it. That's where my heart goes. They will figure out what happens to these officers and he said he's going to investigate it vigorously. Okay, investigate it vigorously. But what, is, what happens to Breonna Taylor's family? Nobody can bring Breonna Taylor back. No one can make up for the heartbreak for Tamika Palmer and for the rest of the family. That's what I am thinking about right now as we are looking at all of this unfolding. I call it the summer of George Floyd. And perhaps this may be this may be the fall of Breonna Taylor. You heard from several individuals there. First, Malcolm X speaking in 1964. Then you heard from Attorney General Daniel Cameron of Kentucky. You then heard from civil rights attorney Charles Coleman. And you heard from attorney Areva Martin. And you heard from Don Lemon. On this episode of The Politocrat, the injustice the atrocity, the outrage against Breonna Taylor as her murderers go scot-free of any charges in her murdering. And then the, the conversation about the witnesses, that New York Times reporter said that 
you know, investigators, reporters all over this country have combed that apartment complex. They've talked to as many as 12 witnesses and only one person heard the police announce themselves. And somehow on the basis of that one witness versus the 12 that heard nothing, there was a determination that the police did announce themselves. I think people are going to have a really difficult time uh, believing that and, and, you, and being able to accept that as a justification for the police entering uh, the apartment. Welcome back. Once again, that point from Areva Martin, which I just replayed, bears underlining. Twelve witnesses had testified before the grand jury in Louisville. And wherever it was in Kentucky where the grand jury was impaneled, Frankfort or whatever that city was in Kentucky, they all testified, all 12 of them, that they did not hear anybody shouting or calling themselves the police or identifying themselves as the police. 12 witnesses said nothing about that. They did not hear it. There was not any, any announcement that they were police on the early morning hours of March the 13th, 2020. They heard no police say anything identifying themselves. And these were neighbors. These are all people literally next door to, literally in the neighborhood. Nobody. They were right in the complex. They heard nothing. But they did hear a battering ram and they did hear shots. They heard shots. And then somehow there's one person, one magical, majestical, mysterious person that the Kentucky Attorney General's office found that somehow heard something, heard the identification, heard police. This magical, mysterious witness, the majestical witness, this mysterious witness somehow this magical, majestical, mysterious witness was the only witness that heard something. Of course, it's all anonymous because it's grand jury testimony, which is sealed. But this is very clearly a cover-up, it is a fix, it is a setup, and it is orchestrated. Everybody knew that the result would be what it is. Breonna Taylor's life meant nothing to these murderers who ended her life, and ended her life so brutally. To add insult to injury, the only charges that any of these murderers got was three wanton endangerment charges for shots fired into adjacent apartments. Brett Hankerson, who was fired back in June from the Louisville Metro Police, was the only officer charged 
and he was not charged with any aspect of murdering Breonna Taylor. He was not charged at all with murdering her. He was charged with firing bullets into the adjacent apartments. The Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron spoke at a 51-minute press conference. And in that press conference, he said that Brent Hankerson, that Brett Hankerson had fired at least 10 shots, six of which went into adjacent apartments. Those six shots were what he was charged for. Those six shots were the wanton endangerment. The wanton endangerment charges went to the six shots that could have but did not hit or kill the adjacent apartment building dwellers, the adjacent apartment dwellers. But the four shots that actually went into the apartment of Breonna Taylor, he was not charged for that. He was not charged for wanton endangerment for those four bullets that the Kentucky AG's office determined went into the apartment of Breonna Taylor. Now, how on earth does a cop fire at least 10 shots, four of which, or I should say six of which hit apartment dwellers adjacent or into the apartments of people adjacent to Breonna Taylor. And the four bullets that go into Breonna Taylor's apartment, that same cop does not get charged wanton endangerment for that. How on earth does that work? How on earth is that logical? How on earth does that make any sense whatsoever? It does not. This is political. This is clearly orchestrated. And this is a system that keeps confirming to everyone who chooses to open their eyes and ears that it does not work for black people in this country. It is skewed to white people. It is skewed to rich white people. It is skewed to rich white men. And it is skewed to white males versus to black people and brown people and native people. Breonna Taylor should still be here. And most of all, my heart really does cry out for the family of Breonna Taylor. This is a heartbreaking time for them. Tamika Palmer and all of the Breonna Taylor family. This is a very difficult day for them because their loved one was killed at the end. Their loved one Tamika Palmer and the rest of those in Breonna Taylor's family must be utterly heartbroken 
once again. Today, the system killed Breonna Taylor for a second time. And there is just no question about it. There is no justice in this country for black people. You heard Malcolm X earlier. And of course, there are exceptions. Yes, of course, there are exceptions. But it is very clear that those exceptions only prove the rule. That in this country, the United States of America, there is no justice for black people. There is no justice for black women. This is what we know and this is how it has been for over 401 years. The Republicans, Mitch McConnell, the Attorney General of Kentucky, the Mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, and these cops are all in this together. One of those cops, Jonathan Mattingly, wrote in an email to people in the department that this was a time that was too trying and he apologized to have to have everybody go through this. That's what he said in his email. And he started to call the Black Lives Matter protesters thugs and criminals. He called them that. He didn't start to call them that. He actually called them that in his email. And Jonathan Mattingly today was not indicted by the grand jury. Nor was Miles Cosgrove. They all fired their weapons. The Attorney General of Kentucky, Daniel Cameron, an African-American Republican who appeared at the Republican National Convention, as Don Lemon mentioned there earlier, appeared for Donald Trump, said that the shootings by both Cosgrove and Mattingly were justified. They were the ones that shot the bulk of the shots. They're the ones that shot Breonna Taylor. In fact, Miles Cosgrove was the person who shot the fatal shot. As Ariva Martin pointed out, the attorney there that you heard, there was a New York Times reporter, and I was listening to this entire press conference, and that reporter made it very clear. You know, they had combed the whole apartment area. And again, these 12 witnesses all said that they did not hear any announcement of police. There was no identification of them. That's exactly what Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend said. That there was just this banging and commotion. There was never any identification announced by these people. For all he knew and and for all Brianna Taylor knew, these people as a matter of fact, Brian Taylor was sleeping for what we know. But her boyfriend, for all he knew, these could have been people trying to rob the house. So he did what anybody would do if they had a gun 
and at one in the morning heard banging and commotion outside their apartment. He would get, and he did get, his firearm. Defend the home. A man or woman's home is their castle. So that's what he did. He grabbed his gun to defend the home. And when this battering ram came and smashed down the door and these people had not identified themselves, they were plain clothed as best as I can remember from the facts. He rightfully defended his home and he shot one of these intruders. He didn't know that they were police. They never identified themselves as police. Twelve witnesses say that there was no identification or announcement of them as police. And they started shooting into her apartment, into Breonna Taylor's apartment. Bullet holes all over the place. They had the person that they were looking for in custody. It was in their system. All they had to do is look. All the dispatcher had to do was tell them. The dispatcher didn't. They already had the person that they were looking for. He was already in custody. A simple check of that would have revealed it. And because of this deliberate clear-cut murder, you now have a 26-year-old who is no longer with us and a family that is grieving. A needless murder. It never had to happen. Never had to happen. This is what is so infuriating. And what makes this worse is that the Attorney General of Kentucky, Daniel Cameron, poured more gasoline on a fire that has been burning for more than six months in Louisville, Kentucky. Breonna Taylor's murderers were never arrested. Brett Hankinson was fired. Hankinson was fired in June of this year. He had never been arrested. The other officers are still on the force. They are still on the force, on desk duty. But they are still on the force. They have not lost their jobs. And I dare say that Brett Hankinson was fired because it was part of some deal, I suspect. I don't know this. It's just my speculation. He was fired as a condition for not being charged in the killing of Breonna Taylor. That's what I think. This was very suspicious. And I knew that this was going to be the outcome. And you did too. But this was very suspicious. You cannot tell me that 12 people who heard nothing get disregarded and one person which they found where the heck ever they found this person one person said yes they heard it and they just disregard the other 12 that is not a system of justice 
That is not a system of justice. And then for Daniel Cameron to get up there and talk about influences. Influences? You heard the audio. Influences? Celebrities? What the hell does that have to do with the murder of Breonna Taylor? And your office allowing the killers to go free. I mean, this is so evil, but it is not a surprise. People are in the streets of Kentucky. They are in the streets in Louisville right now. And why shouldn't they be? We all should be. I know there's a pandemic that's raging. Only got over 202,000 people dead in the United States. People are risking their lives. And people are doing that right now in early voting. We have 41 voting days left. This was an absolute outrage today. Not a shock, not a surprise, but an outrage. People should be in the streets. People should be in the streets, and they are. And they should be making good trouble. Good trouble. Let your voice be heard. No justice, no peace. The city of Louisville should be brought to a standstill. And the city of Louisville should be brought to a standstill in a non-violent manner. Non-violence. We need a tactic of non-violent civil disobedience in the tradition of Mahatma Gandhi, in the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., in the tradition of John Lewis. Good trouble. And when we continue to do those things, as 93% of these Black Lives Matter protests are peaceful, we must make sure that we also vote. This is such an evil day. Breonna Taylor's life mattered. Breonna Taylor's life mattered. And Daniel Cameron, who is married to the niece of Moscow Mitch McConnell, completely disgraced himself today. He has zero credibility. He is not impartial. First of all, he's married to the niece of Moscow Mitch McConnell. Second of all, he appeared last month at the Republican National Convention singing the praises of a dictator named Donald Trump. And lastly, he absolutely played matador to murderers. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you heard the Attorney General say officers Cosgrove and Mattingly were justified in firing 
their weapons because they were returning fire from your client, uh, Kenneth Walker. So what's your response right now, knowing what we all know, to the attorney general? Well, the, a prosecutor can indict anybody he wants and indict him for whatever he wants. That, that is a note. And what it is, they did not want to indict anyone for Breonna Taylor's murder. Uh, you know, there are several things that following up on what uh, he just indicated. He said that uh, they announced, knocked and announced, and that was corroborated by one witness. A dozen, literally a dozen witnesses have testified they did not announce. The witness who they choose to rely on actually gave a recorded statement immediately afterwards in which he says they did not announce they were police. Police then interviewed him three more times and he ultimately changed his story and said they announced. They didn't present the dozen witnesses who said they did not announce. Okay. The attorney general so also insisted cherry picked whatever things. As you heard, the attorney general also insisted that this was not a no knock warrant. He says the officers knocked on the door, announced their presence, said their account is backed up. Uh, once again, as you point out, you, that this one independent witness, uh, although other witnesses deny that. So that differs from the account given by your client. Explain what your client said happened in this, in this very, very sad case. Okay. So Mr. Walker testified, was interviewed by police that night. And he said they were banging on the door about one 30 calling who it is who is it and suddenly the door burst open i fired a shot into the to the ground 12 a dozen witnesses testified they never heard him announce his police including the one that they're now relying on okay the only people who said that they announced his police were the two cops who were facing charge are they obviously going to say after they kill an unarmed woman with you know shoot her six times multiple times while she's on the ground right and but more importantly wolf is this there are two neighbors who called 911 that night and in their 911 calls they're saying they're shooting here please send the police okay that is at that very time now they want to to say oh we announced well the people who are calling 911 didn't hear them announce they're asking them to send the police and so the other thing about it is the attorney general says they're justified. Every citizen in the United States who has a self-defense claim in a murder case gets to present it to a jury. Only in this case, or when it's a police shooting, does a prosecutor by prosecutorial fiat say, oh, no, they were justified and we're not even going to, to go forward. If they've got a defense, which they do, let them present it to a jury and see if a jury agrees with them. But don't just... You know, our system of justice depends on jurors and let juror, letting jurors decide. It is not prosecutors acting as kings and saying, no, we're not going to charge whoever we don't want to charge. And that's what's occurred here. They presented whatever evidence they chose and to direct to get the indictment that they wanted. And it, it's a it is a tragedy. I mean, it, it is. And, and here's the thing about it, too, is everything I put, I say to you today, let them release the evidence because I've seen it. Let them release the evidence and compare what I tell you to what Attorney General Cameron said today. I can promise you what I'm saying will be proven out by the evidence. What he said will, will not be.
So that is Stephen Romines you just heard from. He is the attorney for Kenneth Walker, the boyfriend of Breonna Taylor. Kenneth Walker was in the apartment. He's the one that fired the shot in self-defense in response to a break-in to the home of Breonna Taylor early in the morning of March the 13th, 2020. And again, to emphasize once again what Mr. Romines just said, if this was supposedly not a no-knock warrant, according to the Attorney General of the state of Kentucky, Daniel Cameron, if this was not a no-knock warrant, then how come Brianna's law was passed earlier this year? How come that was now became a law in the legislature? Brianna's law was about ending no-knock warrants. So obviously there was a no-knock warrant on the night of, or the early morning hours of March 13th, 2020. Because the Kentucky State Legislature passed that into law. They passed Brianna's law, which meant the end of no-knock warrants. And during this press conference today, Daniel Cameron, the AG for Kentucky, the Attorney General, said that there's going to be some further investigation. I mean, this is an absolute travesty what we saw here today. And Stephen Romines, who you just heard there talking to Wolf Blitzer, punctuated that. He has the evidence. You just heard him say that all of these people testified to not hearing any announcement of an identification of there being police. None of them. Even the person who ended up changing his story. And what? And how do you think he managed to change his story? Come on, folks. There is such a thing as police intimidation, coercion. We saw this in the Exonerated Five years ago. We saw this. This has happened over and over and over again. This is no new thing. This is rotten and it stinks from the highest, highest heavens. What a day it has been here on Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. What a day. I would be remiss if I did not mention that we also lost today Gail Sayers. He passed away at the age of 77. The Hall of Fame running back, one of the greatest running backs in the history of the National Football League, passed away. He played his entire seven-year career with the Chicago Bears. Hall of Famer, Gail Sayers. A good person, a competitor, and one of the very best ever at what he did on the field in the NFL. Gail Sayers, rest in power. May the angels treat you with the respect and love that you had here on earth. Thank you very much 
for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. Everyone is crying out for peace.